morning. Welcome to all those joining us for the Kutah Halachis. Yoradeya, Chelik Sheni, Hilchas Nedorim, Halacha Hei, Paragraph Tes. We dedicate the learning today, Lili Nishmas, Hoisha Rivka Bas Rebnosen, the wife of my Rebbe, Reb Michal Dorfman, Zechon Abrocha, whose yard site is on the 27th of Adar, and also Lili Nishmas, Rachamim, Reb Yaakov, Esther, whose yard site is also on the 27th, and Lili Nishmas, Bas Yeshenel, Bas Reb Yisrael Don, whose yard site will be on the 28th of Adar. We dedicate the learning also for a complete refuah shalem and li'ilu nishmas, my mother, Zechon Avracha, yentafradl bas rabbi And for a complete refuah shalem for all those that need it, including chavivachana bas galia, avivilana bas yismahendel, sarucha bas yismahendel, saraleya bas chavalipa, Yaakov Yeshua ben Ephraim l'orecho, Shlom Anisim ben Mazala, Avram David ben Chana, Sorgidl Batchaniva, Yimchasa Batchana, Miriam Esther Batchorgidl, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Besuch Sharchol Yisrael, Paragraph Tess. Vezehu, we were speaking about Sipuri Maisius. Vezehu, Chinom Nim Kartem, this is a Pasuk in Yeshaya, chapter 52. Hashem says, you were sold for nothing, and you will not be redeemed through silver. The Zohar Kodesh says, but rather, the final redemption that we are waiting for will, be, will come from gold, not from silver. As we find, the Arizal speaks about this in the pre Chaim in the section that he speaks about Pesach. I shall take a look over there for detail on this, but Rav Nelson gives us a little bit. Kesef Zebechinas Ashirus Shezuchin Avidei Sipurimaisius shall be Kerevshon. Silver, Kesef, represents the wealth that a person achieves through Sipure Maisius stories of recent times, which is the lower level, which correspond to the 70 faces of the Torah, which correspond to the seven days of the week, the seven spheros, which begin from Chesed, Chesed, Gevura, Teferes, Netzach, Hoyd, Yesoid, Malchus, Bechinas, Kesef. And Chesed is associated with silver. Silver is whitish, which is the, the symbol of Chesed. V'chol echod, kolu me'eser. And each one of these seven spheroes is considered a tens unit. Heim shivin. So together, seven spheroes is 70. Whereas gold, gold is reddish. Gold leans towards reddish, which is corresponds to the sphere of Bina, which is on the left side. Bina is the source, the roots of all 70 faces of the Torah. 
It's above them. Bechina sipure maisis shal shalom kagmeniyas. Bina, gold, is associated with those ancient stories. Shehen ni bina ulamala, which are associated with the sphere of bina and above bina, going up to chachma and keser. The iker hagoula mi mitzrayim umikol hagolios hakol mishon. And what helped Klal Yisrael, the Jewish nation, get out of Mitzrayim and get out of all the other exiles that we've experienced came from there, from the higher level. Because the Zohar HaKadosh says that we got out of Egypt from the aspect of, through the aspect of Yoivel. Yoivel is the Jubilee year, the 50th year. The Zohar HaKadosh says, therefore, if you'll take a look, in the Torah, Yitzias Mitzrayim is mentioned 50 times throughout the Torah to show that we got out of Egypt by connecting to that 50, to the 50 gates of Bina. However, the first Geula, when we came out of Mitzrayim, at that point in time, we only received a, a, a little bit of light coming from that higher level Sipurimaisis of ancient stories, Shehem Bechinas Zohov, which are compared to associated with gold. Whereas in the future, the Gaula that we're waiting for now will be coming mostly from that place called gold, from Bina, from the highest level. And therefore, the future Geula that we are waiting for now, we're going to be zirched to a wealth far, far greater than the wealth that we took out of Egypt. As is expressed in many psukim in the Navi, because the wealth that we took out of Mitzrayim is compared to silver in relative to the, the wealth that we're going to have at the final Gula, which is compared to gold. Because in the final gula, we will be zerched to all the wealth of the world in order to be able to achieve the incredible high level of depth of Torah and knowledge that we're going to have in the future by the future gula. And this is also what's meant in the Pasuk in Shira Shirin, where the Pasuk says, Toirei Zohov Nasilach, here the Pasuk refers to the level of wealth that Klal Yisrael was to at Kriyas Yamsuf compared to the wealth that we got upon leaving Mitzrayim. And again, the wealth at Kriyas Yamsuf is compared to gold versus the wealth at Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which is compared to silver. And therefore, 
It's after Shvi Shal Pesach that Chometz becomes permissible. Ki begemar hagulo shal Mitzrayim, shehu b'shas kriyas yamsuf, oz nimshach alim b'chinas he'oro yisera m'b'chinas sipurim aisyas hagvoyim anav. Because at the end of the Geula of Mitzrayim, which means at Kriyas Yamsuf, at that point, we were able to draw upon ourselves that higher level light coming from the higher level stories, the stories, the ancient stories. Where when a person is drawing from there, they achieve a far greater wealth as is referred to by the difference between gold versus how much more valuable gold is than silver. And the reason for this is because we had shown greater initiative, greater, greater effort on our part by the fact that we already left Mitzrayim. We were at a Mitzrayim, we were at the edge of the Red Sea. And the days of Sfira Tzoyimah had already begun. Whereby the days of Sfira Tzoyimah are a major representation of Isarusa de Lesata, of us putting in an effort. Whereby we are putting in an effort to prepare ourselves to receive the Torah on Shavuos. We've mentioned this many times that in the Sifre Kabbalah it stresses that Yitzias Mitzrayim was more of an insarusa de la that we weren't really worthy. We hadn't really shown the type of the level of initiative from below that was necessary under normal standards to get us out of Mitzrayim. But rather, Hashem made a major isarusa de la'ela. Hashem went against the rules, and Hashem sent down an incredible bright light from above to get us out of Mitzrayim. But once we got out, once we, and that same light comes down every single year on the night of Pesach, at the Seder night. However, because it's freebie in a sense, because there wasn't enough isarusa de la'ela, Therefore, that light can only last a limited time. It goes away. And then we start Sfira Soimer, where we start counting every single day. We start trying to make every day count. The period of Sfira Soimer is more of a period of Isarusa de Lesata, where we're making the effort. And that's why when the Pasuk and Shirashirim compares the wealth that the Yidin received at the time of Kriyas Yamsuf, comparing it to the wealth that we took out of Egypt, it, compare, it refers to it as gold versus silver. However, the real completion of this of Klal Yisrael receiving the maximum wealth, which is needed for the Hisboinanus HaToyra, for that deep understanding of Torah, will only take place at the end of the final Gula, Sheyiskayim Al which will be fulfilled through this. As the Pasuk says, 
Tachas Hanachoshes Avizov. Hashem says, in place of the copper, I'm going to replace it with gold, showing the drastic difference to achieve then at the future versus any wealth that we had prior to that. And this explains the concept of why it becomes permissible for us to eat chametz after the seventh day of Pesach is over. This is referring to Eretz Yisrael, where we don't have an eighth day. The eighth day we know is a is a is is associated with the seventh day. That chametz that becomes permissible after the holiday of Pesach is over is drawing on the korban that was brought on Shavuos, the two loaves that were brought on Shavuos. Shenem Abraham, about which the Torah says, chametz teofena, that they should be baked as chametz. Shemaramzim al ha'goulo And those two loaves that were brought on Shavuos, which are chametz, are alluding to the final geula that we're waiting for now. The as Rav Nelson Zal discusses this in Chish Mishpat, in Hilchas Pikodin, Halacha Dalid, Paragraph Yudalif. Ki b'Shavuos, shekvar zochinu lekabolas haTorah, because on the holiday of Shavuos, when we already were zochet to receive the Torah, the whereby the 70 faces of the Torah were revealed, which were hidden until then, which correspond to the lower level Sipure Maisius, the, the, the recent stories. Therefore, there's more of an in this and this Arusa de Lesato that's present. There's more initiative on our part that has been shown. Which enables us to draw more of the light from the higher level Sipure Maisius, the ancient stories, Tia Hagaula Achroina which are going to help to bring about the final Gula, and then we're going to see the fulfillment of the Pasuk in Yeshai Hanavi, chapter 52, which says, that when we get out of this final Golas, we're not going to be rushed, like, like we ran out of Mitzrayim in a rush. We didn't have time for the dough to ferment. We had to bake matzahs. In the final gula, we're not going to have to run out like bandits. And it's for this reason that these two loaves that are brought on Shavuos, which is marames to the final gula, were baked chametz. Because the main reason why we are not allowed to eat chametz on Pesach is because of the, the rush, the hurry that we left Egypt in. As it says clearly in the Chomish, which we read this past Shabbos in Parshas Boi, where it says, 
that the Jewish people baked the dough which they had taken out of Egypt into matzahs, not chametz. Why? Because we were chased out of Egypt. We ran out of Egypt quickly. Whereas when the Torah refers to the final gula, Nemar, there the Pasuk says, we're not going to leave in a rush, in a hurry. And therefore, on the holiday of Shavuos, which is the 50th day, which corresponds to Bina again, that highest level, when we're drawing light from there, from those higher level stories, the ancient stories, Nehemiah, the Pesach says, Chametz Teofena, that the loaves that are baked for Shavuos should be baked Chametz. Umishon heter hechametz shel Pesach. And it's from there that we draw the permission to eat chametz after the holiday of Pesach ends, after Shvi Shal Pesach. And it's for this reason that Moshe Rabbeinu was reluctant and kept refusing to go on the mission of taking the Jews out of Mitzrayim. Because he knew that the Jews are going to sin afterwards, after coming out of Mitzrayim. And the Beis Hamikdash will end up being destroyed twice. Because Moshe Rabbeinu understood that in order to really complete the Geula, in order to have a final Geula, it's going to require drawing on that verav chesed, not standard chesed, but verav chesed, the multitude of chesed, the higher level. Which corresponds to those stories of ancient times. However, Hashem forced Moshe Rabbeinu anyway, despite his reluctance, to go on this mission. Because you can't start from that highest level. Because the Jewish people would have to first receive the Torah on Har Sinai through that minimal hisoyrus that they showed at that time in leaving Egypt. And afterwards, when we would get to Matan Torah, then we would already be showing a greater hisoyrus by receiving the Torah. And although even after receiving the Torah, we would commit all the sins that we see we committed, yesh tikva achakach, there's still hope. Because since the Torah was already officially given into the world, and the Gemara says in several places that even the worst sinners of Klal Yisrael are filled, full of mitzvahs, like a pomegranate is full of pits, 
and how much more so the, the religious people and the tzaddikim, imagine how many mitzvahs they're full of, Therefore, the great, great tzaddikim would be able to draw from ancient times, which is referred to as the real glow of the face, the real major light. And this would enable these great tzaddikim to be able to awaken from sleep the, even the, the people who have fallen to the lowest levels. Which will result in the final geula, which will be final. There will not be any golos after that. Now Rav Nosnesal continues, Kol ha'ashirus shel kol ha'olam nimshach rak mehatzadik. All of the wealth of the entire world comes only via the tzadik. Sherak hu zeichel ha'ashirus amiti. He is the only one who is really zeichel to true wealth. <coughs> And as Rabbein Adal explains in chapter 60 on the Kutimran, which this halacha is based on, that it's through this great wealth that the tzaddik is to this highest level understanding of Torah. Rabbein Adal shows there in the beginning of that chapter on the Kutimran that Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, Rabbi Akiva, <coughs> Ravashi had to have great wealth in order to achieve the that they did. Alkane, kol ha'ashirus shel kol ha'olam magia rak And therefore, all of the wealth of the entire world belongs only to him, to the tzaddik. V'zeh b'chinas Yosef ha-tzaddik she'zoho ashirus otzumoid. And this we see in the Torah regarding Yosef ha-tzaddik who was to incredible wealth, the entire wealth of the world was controlled by him. As the Pasuk says, after Paroi appointed Yosef HaTzadik to be in charge of the entire economy, it says, that Yosef HaTzadik gathered all the wealth of Mitzrayim. Because Yosef HaTzadik was one of those people who was able to achieve and be able to tell these great stories. An example of this is the dreams that he told to his brothers. They represent stories of this world, as the Pasuk says, regarding his dream, in my dream I saw that we were all gathering together bundles in the field. And in addition, Yosef HaTzadik was to tell over stories of the ancient stories. 
This is what's found in the second dream that Yosef HaTzadik told to his brothers, Shehu, which is, Vehinei HaShemesh V'hayoreach V'yachad Asar K'chavim Mishtachrim Li. In his second dream, he said he saw the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowing to him. Because all time in this world is defined by the sun and the moon and the stars. They are what define time in this world. The, the day and night, the seasons. And since Yosef HaTzadik was able to tell over this dream that the sun and the moon and all these stars were bowing to him, he was implying that the whole concept of time is, null, is subservient to him. Because he is above time. Because he knows those stories of ancient times, which are above the normal standard of time. We've mentioned in the past that Zman, time, is associated with these seven lower spheres. When Hashem created the world, defined, the time was defined by the seven days of the week, corresponding to the seven spheres. When we go to Bina and above, we're going above the concept of time. So these stories of ancient times, they're referred to as Lamala Mezman. Gam Zoho Yosef Lodas Kol Mashamalubosh Venelam Bisipuri Hamaisius Shahoilam Saprin. And in addition, we find that Yosef HaTzadik was Zoichet to be able to know the, the great Das that's hidden in the stories that people tell, ordinary people tell. As Rav Zal writes in the introduction to the Sefer Sipur Emaisius, quoting the Baal Shem Tov, where the Baal Shem Tov said that in all the stories that people tell are found hidden, hidden things, deep hidden messages, but you have to be able to know how to decipher it. And sometimes the way they tell the stories, it's not in the proper order. So you have to know how to make Seder from it. A tzaddik on a high enough level is able to hear even these stories of the Goyim, these stories of the world, and be able to decipher the Torah in them. And this is what the Torah is showing us by the fact that Yosef HaTzadik was able to interpret the dreams of Paroi, the dreams of the the, the officers of Parley, the Saramashkim, the, the, the one who took care of the wines and the one who took the baker of Parley. Because all of these dreams that they told over, these the Saramashkim, Sarayfim, and Parley, are examples of stories. 
Because the, their dream was a story which they ended up telling. In Paris' dream, he said he saw seven fat cows, seven skinny cows, and so too the other dreams that the other ones saw. The Yosef Yoda Hasoid. And Yosef HaTzadik knew the secret, the, the great wisdom of Hashem that was hidden in these dreams. And this explains why these people saw these stories in a dream. This is teaching us that the purpose of these stories is to wake a person up from sleep. That's why the Torah tells us that these messages, these stories, were revealed during sleep. And this is why Paroi expressed this wonderment. And Paroi actually tells Yosef after Yosef HaTzadik interprets his dream for him, after Hashem has enlightened you and revealed to you all of this, the ability to interpret my dreams correctly, there's no one who has Chachma and Bina like you. Ein Chacham v'novayn kamoichem. And therefore, Ato Tihia Albesi, I'm appointing you, I'm putting you in charge of my house, my palace, and my entire nation will be nourished, will be provided for. The economy is going to be run by you. This is the parade telling Yosef Hatzadeg, since you achieved all of this incredible knowledge to be able to interpret the dreams correctly. This shows that you are on the level to awaken people from their sleep through stories. By which Rabbein Azal explains in chapter 16 of the Quran, that's how a person is to achieve great wealth. By which the person is to receive the deep, deep understanding of Torah. And therefore, most definitely, there is no one as smart as you, a Chacham like you. And you need this great wealth in order to, to connect to this Hezboinenus, this high level. Therefore, I'm appointing you, I'm putting you in charge of my house. I'm turning over to you, Yosef HaTzadik, all of my wealth. Because you are the one who deserves all of this wealth in order for you to be able to, to achieve this great Hisbainanus. Because there is no one 
on the level of Chachm and Bina, like you, the Kanal, as we've discussed throughout this halacha, Baruch Hashem. This wasn't an easy halacha, and it, and it assumes that you, you've learned the chapter 60 in the Kutimran, and you're familiar with all of these concepts. That's a Rosh Hashanah Torah. It's a large Rosh Hashanah Torah that Rabbein Azal told, where he spoke about all of these points. He spoke about his Boinam Satoira and the wealth and the Ari Chasyomim and the different types of Sipur Emaisius. All of this is expounded on in that chapter on the Kodemaran. With this, we complete the section on Hilchas Nedarim, and we go on to Hilchas Shavuos. And Rav Nosnazal is going to discuss some of, several of the, the examples of the differences between a Neder and a Shavuot. Halacha Aleph, Alpi Hatoira Vihino Pishnaim Baruch Choilai. The first halacha will be based on chapter 66 in Likutimran. <clears throat> Indian Shavua, explaining the concept of a Shavua. Kikimshana Kishemeshana Diburoi, who said Diburoi Choil. When a person says they're going to do something, and then they violate that, they don't do it, they change, they go against what they said they're going to do, they're making their word cheap. As it says in the Torah, do not make your words cheap. A Jew is not allowed to make a commitment to do something and then not to do it. And the Gemara Darshan's in the Toisefta of Masech Nenadorim, Lo Yase Devoroi Chulen, do not make your words light, you know, insignificant. Because when a person's words are holy, then we don't see the person changing their mind and, and going against their words. Ki Koidesh, because holy, holy is the concept of complete goodness, complete oneness, emes, like truth. Because when we speak about oneness, when we speak about holiness, there, there's no, there's no two, there's no variations. As Rabbein Azal speaks about this in chapter 51 on Likud Imran, where Rabbein Azal presents this idea that the emes is one. If I want to tell the truth about this cup that I'm holding in my hand, I can say it's a cup. If I want to lie about it, I can say it's a tree, it's a box. I can say many things about it. The emes is echad. <clears throat> Over there, Rabbi Nezal presents this idea that emes, truth, is oneness. It's, comp- it's complete holiness. And therefore, when a person says one thing and they do something else, when they change, they go against their word, then they're making their word, their word is no longer holy. Their word is weekday. 
Rabbi Nizal is comparing this concept of, of Shabbos and weekday, Shabbos being Kodesh, to truth, honesty, and dishonesty. The concept of a person keeping their word, sticking to what they said, that's this oneness, versus a person who says one thing and does something differently. When, when there's no Kodesh, when it's not Kodesh, there you have these changes, changes and exchanges. The came, and therefore, Abnasazal goes on to say, Even without swearing, without a person saying, I swear, even if a person just says, I'm going to do something or I'm not going to do something, a person is not allowed to go against that to, ch- to change, to make his word cheap. Because a vow is a concept of a bond, forming a bond. We say that a couple, when they're getting married, they, they're taking their vows to each other. They're declaring the, the deep bond and connection and loyalty to one another. So a shavua is a concept of hiskashras. Our, our connection, our deep attachment to Hashem took place as a result of the shavua, the vows that we took at Har Sinai, the vow that we're going to be loyal and devoted to Hashem. Now Rav Nassazal explains that this hiskashras also involves a person attaching their words to the source. We're attaching our words to the source of all life from which Dibur comes forth. Because we know that the real definition of a vow of a shavua is when a person swears by the name of Hashem. As it says in the Sifri, that whenever a person is by the life of the king, by Hashem's life, this means that the person is bringing forth their speech, their words, from the source of life. Which is the divine spirit of Hashem. The Hainu, what this means is Lamashal, for example, a person says, I swear by the name of Hashem that I'm not going to do the, such and such. By the person making this vow, they attach their words to Hashem, who is the source of life. Hashem is this heavenly spirit, this spirit from above. And the person who's making this shavuah 
is drawing his Dibur from there, from that Ruach de Leila, and thereby declaring this item forbidden to him. And so too, even if the person doesn't say, I'm swearing by Hashem's name, even if the person is swearing by his own life, that's also similar to this. Because even our life is also drawing from this highest chiyos, this ruach delayel, which is complete holiness. We know the Pasuk says in the beginning of creation, that Hashem is the one who blew into the nostrils of man this spirit of life. And this is what the Pasuk refers to in Tehillim, when it speaks about not violating one's word, not going against one's word, that the person has not lied against his nefesh, against his soul. If, if the word is written, the Korinon, but we read it, because my soul, my nefesh, and his nefesh, Kaviochel, the nefesh of Hashem, are all one. We're drawing our chiyas from Hashem. The haklal, therefore, of Nosazal says, to summarize this, Kishen Mishba, when a person, when a Jew swears, Shahu Bechinas Hiskashrus, which we've said earlier is a form of a vow, a deep, I'm, so, I'm sorry, a form of attachment, the person is attaching their words, connecting their words to the source of life, to Hashem. And it's from there, from that high place, that the person is declaring something forbidden to him. Once a person does that, they're not allowed to change their mind. Because up there, in the source of life, at this Ruach de la there it's all holiness, it's all truth, it's all oneness. There's no changes there. There's no concept of change over there. And therefore, it's extremely forbidden for a person to go against their word, to change their word, and to make their word weekday, to make their word cheap. Do not go against your words. Because it's extremely forbidden to make holiness into weekday, to make Shabbos into weekday. And with this we could understand what Nosazal says, what's written in Sifrei Kabbalah, in the Sefer Shari Yisoid, that a Shvua is associated with the Sphera of Yesoid. Shehi Bechinas Hiskashrus, and the Sphira of Yesoid 
is where the attachment, the connection is made. We know that the connection between husband and wife, between male and female, takes place by the Mida of Yesoid. It's the Kesher between Yesoid and Malchus. That's where the Kesher comes about. Because it's there by the Mida of Yesoid that you have these two Ruchos, male and female, join, joining together. Because when a person makes a shavua, they're attaching the words coming out of their mouth, which is referred to as ruach de lesato. That's the malchus. Dibor standard, Dibor's malchus, he's attaching it to the shavuah to the source of all chiyas, which is this Ruach de Leila, Shehu Kulay Kodesh, which is all Kodesh, She'en Boishinoy. And over there, there's no changes. There's no diversity. It's all oneness. V'alkein Heter Shavua Bishloisha. And therefore, if a person made a vow, and they want to be able to undo the vow, it requires three. A bezn of three. And these three have to be able to come up with an opening. That's the wording in the Gemara. They have to come up with an opening of regret. They have to be able to show that when the person made this vow, they weren't aware of certain things. And had they been aware of those things, they never would have made that vow. That's called a Pesach Haroto. We find in chapter 66 in the Kutiran, Rabbeinu Zal explains over there, He speaks about the concept of the Pasuk, opening up your hands, which is the concept of the opening up, the separation of the Ruach de la'ela and the Ruach de la Satra, the upper Ruach and the lower Ruach, which is required to take place in order to bring things from theory into practice, from thought into action. Ayin Shom, Take, over, take a look over there in chapter 66 in Likud Iran, where Rabbeinazal speaks about this concept of being moitzi mikoyach elapoyal, how one goes about bringing things from thought into action. And he speaks about the two hands, the right hand and the left hand. <coughs> and when the, when the three people are able to come up with a Pesach through that, they're able to undo the Shavuah. Because as we mentioned earlier, that a Shavuah comes about by a person attaching the Ruach de Lesata to the Ruach de Leila. They're attaching their Dibur to that high level of Kodesh. And therefore, 
by the best in being able to come up with an opening of regret. That's what it's called, a Pesach they're opening up that those two hands that were originally attached together, the Ruach de and the Ruach de Sato, they're opening up, they're separating them. As Rabbein Zal shows there in the Kudiran, that's what happens when somebody takes something from thought into action. And when that takes place, we're going into post-creation. Because pre-creation, everything was in Hashem's mind. The koyach and poyal were in Hashem's mind. Once Hashem created the world, there became a separation, in a sense, between kaviyochal Hashem's thought, the Hashem's thought process, and the actual creation which which came into existence. Then we go into post-creation, which is weekday, where there there are there is variation, there is variety. There's Sunday and Monday, there's Chesed and Gvura and Teferes and Vialkain Haheter and this explains also why in order to undo a shvua, it requires three specifically, corresponding to the three aspects, which Rabbi Nezal explains over there in chapter 66 of Kutimran, by which a person takes something from thought into action, from theory into practice. The three are Shehem Mokoi, Vitsir Uzman. The three are place, shape and form, and time. These three are what define the physical world. They are what define the action. Shehem Bechina Sholosh Oisios Achroinos Shel Hashem. They are, they represent the, the last three letters. The hey vav hey of Hashem's name Yudke Vavke, Kemavur Sham, as is explained over there in, Torah, in chapter 66, Shehem Bechinas Patach. That's the concept of the vowel Pasach. There, Rabbi Nazar speaks about the Shiluv of Hashem's name. When you take Hashem's name Yudke Vavke and you take Hashem's name Aleph Dalit Nun Yud, and you merge them together in the form of Yud Aleph, Hey Dalit, Vav Nun, Hey Yud. You're taking these eight letters and merging them together in this way, and they begin with a Yud, and they it, this this these eight begin with Yud and end with Yud. That's this Poiseach Es Yodecha opening up these two Yuds, the Yud of Yud Kevavke, which is at the beginning, and the Yud of Aleph Talit Nun Yud, which is at the end. And in the middle, you have six letters. Rabbi Nezal explains over there, those six letters are three and three. The three aspects of Machshava and the three aspects of Maisa. Rabbi Nezal elaborates on this over there on the Kutimran. 
And these, Rabbi Bezal says, this is represented by the letter Aleph, the way it's written in the Sefer Torah. The letter Aleph, you have a Yud on top, then you have that diagonal line in the middle, and then you have the Yud on bottom. The, that's these two Yuds, and that diagonal line is like a Pasach, like the vowel Pasach, which is a straight line. That's this Poiseach Es Yodecha, this Pasach, which is what connects the two Yuds, and it can open up to separate them. Pasach means to open up. I and Shom look over there where Rabbein Zal elaborates on this. And it's through this that we separate between the two Ruchos, the Ruach de Le'ela and the Ruach de Le'sato, the Bechinas Achar Habria, such as after creation. And then the person's words become ordinary, weekday. We break, we're detaching it from the Kodesh, from that Ruach de la And this is why the Gemara says in Brochus, page 32, <clears throat> a person themselves is not allowed to turn their words into weekday. However, others, a group of three, a besan, can be moichalim and undo the shavuah. They do have the ability to take his vow, which was an aspect of Kodesh, and to, to turn it into weekday in a permissible way. And therefore, the Gemara tells us, That when Hashem gave the Ten Commandments on Hasai, when he said the, the third one, which was that we're not allowed to swear falsely, heaven and earth trembled. As the Gemara says in the Sechtishvus, page 39. Because all of these heaven and earth are dependent on and connected to Af Yodi Yosto Eretz Vimini Tipcho Shavain. There's a passage that says, my, my left hand established earth and my right hand established heaven. That's these Ayin Shambhavimaranal. Take a look over there in Likudim Ran, where Abenazal speaks about this. Again, the two hands. Poiseaches Yodecha. The word Yodecha means Yodayim, hands. And the word Yodecha also refers to the Yuds, these two Yuds of Yud Kevavke, the way it's written, and Aleph Dalit Nun Yud, the way it's pronounced. And this also explains why the Gemara speaks about a vow and the handle of a vow, the Yad Shavua, as is found in Yoridea, chapter 237, paragraph 9. Because all of this is associated with the hands, the right hand and left hand, Rabbein Zal explains over there in the Kutimran, 
represent this upper Ruach and lower Ruach. Which is how the whole concept of Shavua comes into existence. It's a union between the lower Ruach, which is the deeper of the person, and the upper Ruach, which is the, the Chochmah, the Chiyas, the, the, the name of Hashem. When a person is swearing by the name of Hashem, or they're swearing by, by the life of the king or by their own life. Baruch Hashem, this is the first halacha of Hilcheshvuz. Note that Rabbi Zal used the term Rabbeinu. He didn't say Rabbeinu Zal. This was obviously written during Rabbeinu Zal's lifetime. It's one of the earlier halachas that Rabbi Zal wrote, and therefore the wording is very short. You know, He doesn't really explain and expound like he does usually in the later halachas. Any questions, please? That the words once said or written cannot be changed stem from Malchus, like in the Megillah, where the edict signed by the Melech couldn't be rescinded? The answer is no. In other words, it was an edict given by a king, but what makes it what makes it forbidden to change it is that when, when the edict is written by the life of the king, you know, when a person swears, a person, you know, a shavua, when it's a shavua, it's usually swearing by, I swear by my name or by the name of Hashem, the name of heaven, that kind of thing. We said that the words coming out of a person's mouth, dibur is malchus. But a shavua, a vow, is a form of dibur where the malchus is plugging into the chachma, where the ruach de lesata is plugging into the ruach de leila, and that's what's empowering it. That's what's making it so that that it's not allowed to be changed. When a person says something, what we said the truth is that even when a person makes a statement and they don't say belinet. The Ruach de Lasata is connecting to the Ruach de Laela. But especially when a person makes a vow, then it's much stronger. I hope leaving the United States, returning to Eretz Yisrael on Tuesday afternoon, and Wednesday is Erev Rosh in Kippur Katan. I hope to be Zercha to go to Miron for Yom Kippur Katan, and I hope to resume. Hashem on a daily basis. Wishing everybody a wonderful week and the month of Adar, this month of Marab and Besimcha should end with a lot of Simcha and lead into Nisan. We should be Zechah to the Gula Shleimah. Amen.